Matthew, it's an interesting um, place that you're living at. Can you describe it, please? Um, well, I live in my van, um, but uh, the space we're sat in now is it's the, the bathhouse come greenhouse on my allotment, which is based at the David Permaculture Trust in West Wales. So you have your van, which is a, a vehicle van that you can live in. Yeah. And you also have a caravan. Yeah. Yeah, I've got access to the caravan because I'm volunteering at the, the trust, so I can use that. And what is the trust? It's, um, it's an area of land that has been put aside for environmental and permacultural use. So it was... <clears throat> basic farmland, fields and meadows, and now it's got lots of trees and biodiversity that wasn't there before. And what's its purpose? I guess to um, experiment with different forms of low-impact development and land management, really. Uh, it's, it's got quite a big educational focus, so it likes to... It encourages people to come and stay and learn and go away with ideas. How long has it been here for? 25 years last year, so it's be its 26th year. It's a long time. Yeah. Yes. How long have you been here? I've lived here as a volunteer for 16, 16 to 18 months, around that time, yeah. But I've known about the place for quite some time, since 2012. And what made you want to come here? Uh, to be a volunteer here. That was to do with the pandemic and the restrictions around movement and self-isolation. So I couldn't do that in my, my little tiny home LDV van. That was too much because I can't stand up in it. So I needed a base and it, because the, the trust usually hosts volunteers. Um, I figured the caravan on the allotment field where I've got my garden would be available. So I, I asked them and I've been here ever since. <laughs> and would you call this off-grid? Yes, the place is entirely off-grid, yeah. Can you describe that? Well, so there's no mains power to any of the dwellings or infrastructure on the trust land. That's all All the power is generated here by wind turbine and solar, solar PV arrays. And what about water? Water is captured on the big red barn, off the roof of that, and off the other dwelling spaces. But there is a spring which is actually on the trust land, and there's a uh, what's known as a ram pump, a kind of mechanical pump that pumps the water up into a large tank in the barn so we've got drinking water as well very good mm. and have you lived off grid before i have yes yeah so what made you want to live off grid to begin with how long ago was that uh started living off grid properly i unplugged to the mains cable in uh, uh 2015 yeah, 2015 in the winter. And, um, yeah, the reason was, it was, again, it's through experimentation, just to see what's possible uh, to do self-sufficiently, really. Um, I do, I, and also sort of value systems around self-generation and um, being reliant on yourself rather than relying on a, a large system. Was there one particular defining moment that happened that made you choose to do that at that time? Uh, to go off-grid entirely? Yes. I think it was just 
a point where I felt comfortable enough to try because I'd always wanted I'd, I'd been wanting to try for the best part of five years um, and an opportunity came along and I thought well let's now's the time to bite the bullet and just see see what that what will be possible I, I also it um, there's a part of me that wanted the challenge of trying to live as well as possible in that way as well so it was sort of a how can you thrive in this off grid as well as just survive so on the grid you felt like you weren't thriving well you can thrive on the grid but it's um it's a very inefficient system so there's a lot of energy loss from gen- from point of generation to plug i think the worst case scenario is you only get about a third from the plug that's generated at source so it makes sense that um if you make your cable short enough from your solar panel to your battery to your mains ring in your dwelling then yeah the losses are minimal so it's it's an efficient use of energy rather than an inefficient one and why did you choose the van to live in that was um to do with retaining my own freedom i suppose so that i i could live very minimally and on a small amount of money which would then afford me time to work on my creative things and and further my ideas around permaculture yeah and it was a it was also i also felt that if i had had the van and it was fully self-contained there's no way i could be homeless at that point unless i caught fire or something ridiculous like that <laughs> so you use it to go to work with yeah yeah it's it's multifunctional so um i'll fill it with tools and materials and go to a job and then when I want to go surfing or go and play somewhere, go and play music, I'll I'll turn the van round at my workshop and yeah, and set that up so I can go travelling or go for a, a weekend away. And it's also important for you to have some security, so you have a bit of a base here as well, a permanent base mm. where you have a caravan to live in too. Yeah, so I think that's that's helpful, uh, but not absolutely necessary I did live without that for in in some of the most challenging months of the year the darkest months of the year and it was fine actually but no it's it's good to have the space to spread out a little um in the winter because you you get more you have to hunger down more and more in the winter and living in a van is challenging but um it's it's also it feels like you really are as free as you can be as well so it looks like you've covered all the areas that you need like you said you've got a compost toilet in your van yes which is incredible how does that work so that's um it's essentially a bucket loo but i separate the urine and it's um so the contents of the bucket stay very very dry so there's no smell or flies or anything like that um and then i I empty that bucket when it gets full. I empty it into my compost heap here at the the allotment, and then over within about two years, it's then on the ground and feeding the soil. So it's yeah. And you've also got a compost toilet which you've put up using uh, an old recycled door, and you've got a, a shower as well. Yes. Yeah. So the 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 toilet here on the allotment field was for the allotment holders. And that was built in 2017. We organised a compost toilet building workshop 
the the um the shower was there during the pandemic when the family who reside here wanted to keep the shower block system as their own so we, we weren't sharing spaces so that was a, a temporary uh setup but i keep it because it's it's nice to have a a night shower <laughs> how does it work exactly so it's a system that um mark Haler developed I think he used to work at the Centre for Alternative Technology up in Mid Wales, and they developed um, a bucket system where there's a a valve underneath the bucket. There's a hole in the bottom of the bucket, and there's a valve, and then there's a a rose head from the bottom of a from a um, uh, watering can. So you can essentially empty the bucket through the rose head. So you fill the bucket with warm water and raise it. You sort of with a pulley you pull it over your head and lock it and then you can undo the valve and have a shower <laughs> how long does it last for uh never quite long enough <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a couple of minutes if you're lucky yeah you've kind of got to turn it on rub your soap on turn it on rub the soap off <laughs> turn it off <laughs> there's a lot of valve turning but you, it's fine it's it's fine for um just freshening up and it's a, and you save a lot of water. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's it's a good water saving one. I think it'd be great if you lived in a climate where there's hardly any water. It'd be a great system. Yes. Yeah. Could you tell me about the room we're sitting in right now, where the bathroom is? Sure. It's this was built last summer. My son and I uh, built it together, and it's made out of reclaimed sash windows. Um, the waste poly from a polytunnel we put up. There was a lot of polytunnel left over, so we, I experimented with wrapping the poly round a wooden frame and making roof lights. And then the rest of it is from junk fence panelling and the old shed that I knocked down. <laughs> so it's pretty much... I think I bought about £300 worth of new timber on the whole thing, so it was... It's fairly sizable. It's about three times as big as the shed that was originally here. But it's quite got a lot of light, so in the summer it's lovely and warm. I use it to dry wood, firewood for the for my um my van, my van stove. And the um it was always intended to have a bath in it, because I've always wanted a fire tub. And uh yeah, I use it for well, it's a multifunctional space, so I use it for growing in, drying wood, having a bath. And also as a studio, and if people come, we have tea here as well. So it's nice. So, where did you get the bath from? The bath came from a, a farm in the Priscelles, and uh, yeah, I got. I was told I, I got a tip that there were two baths going, so I jumped to my van, and a bunch of us managed to honk it into the back of the van. But it takes two people to lift, and it's still still a struggle. It's a, quite a chunky one. And then you. <laughs> sometimes fill it up using rainwater using a pipe through the wall also filling up with buckets from a tap with yeah. rainwater yeah and there's a farm going right now underneath it that's correct yeah yeah and then how long does it take to heat up uh anything between an hour and a half and two and a half hours um but by then it's you know it's really hot <laughs> so you said that you've had a sauna before in your caravan using yeah. a wood-burning stove, and you've yeah. curtained off a, a section of the caravan. That's correct, yeah. And then afterwards you'll use this more like a, a hot tub. 
Yeah, this is more like a hot tub. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 just nice. It's a way of relaxing after a long day, really. Yeah, muscle soak. 